0: Welcome back to Sunday Golds of Florida State Baseball podcast. Uh, this is brett nevitt i 'm going to be doing this one by myself um, again. Um, Aria is pretty wrapped up in a lot of stuff this week. Uh, you know, two women 's basketball games. I think he 's got a calling softball on Wednesday and calling a couple of these games these baseball games this weekend, including opening day um, and on that note, happy happy game week. happy opening week of college baseball uh, Florida State's going to start their season um, in a couple days here on Friday at six o'clock against James Madison and I think we're all just ready to get this season going and get this thing underway um, so you know we're going to I'm going to do season preview here and we're going to talk to meat and then we're really going to get into s- some of the things to expect from this team um, see what the schedule looks like break down the ACC a little bit and and lastly, preview that upcoming series against James Madison that's going to happen this weekend. Um, really just going to start out here with the meet interview because there's a lot to gi- digest in it. Um, he talks a lot about the roles. You're going to get every answer you've probably been looking for from me. and He was very open with me, and we sat down and had a one-on-one in the traditions room and basically went over every position and what that's going to look like, what the pitching staff's going to look like, and what he expects from this team and, and how equipped he thinks they are to, to make a run had something special this year. Um, so let's just get right into that and hear what Meat has to say. Um, here's Mike Martin Jr. and I in the traditions room. Here with Mike Martin Jr. in, in the traditions room to preview preview the Florida State baseball season, which starts this week. Um, just first off, Meat, just how was fall? I guess, what were some new things you learned about this team over the last three or so weeks?
1: Well, we've just really uh, started picking it up uh, offensively you know i was a little bit concerned there for a while and um you know some of the older guys kind of said look this is what we've got to do we got to let pitches get deeper and you know drive balls the opposite field and put together ab's that are seminal baseball like and um, we've really improved in that area that's uh that's been a good thing
0: you guys scrimmaged a lot i mean i think you guys had 10 scrimmages in the preseason did you just feel like Overall,
1: it was more of a competitive uh, pitcher versus hitter than than last year very much so um you know we had so many strikeouts last year, and um you know we're we're hell bent on making sure that that happened again and um you know again, the guys have bought in they they've improved uh we've had some guys that have made really big jumps, and um that's encouraging Parker and Bryce were the two guys that were going to stay
0: in the rotation for you guys this year. Just first off, is the order of those two going to stay the same? And what did you see from those guys in the preseason, you know, both of them working with some new sliders?
1: Yeah, the the sliders are really going to help them, you know, because it's a pitch that they haven't shown in their career. uh, And they can both land them for strikes, so it gets them back into counts without, you know, throwing a really good hit or a fastball. And, um, you know, so, you know, they're both pitching inside like they always have. Um, You know, Parker likes to go down the zone and, and, you know, Hub likes to go up in the zone, so they feed off of each other, and they, they've been uh, just what we always dreamed they'd be. The order of those two guys going to stick yes, the same? Yes, they will. They will stay the same. And then with scrimmage is over now, have you have you guys made decisions on the rest of the
0: pitching staff? I know at the beginning of um, preseason, you'd mentioned there were about eight guys still
1: in the running for that Sunday spot. Yeah, we have. We, we you know it was a situation where we decided Ross Dunn is the best you know guy for right now. Um, that doesn't mean the other guys aren't going to be really tired at the end of the season because we're going to use a lot of guys. Um, he'll go third, and uh, we'll start out with Carson Montgomery uh, going fourth. And, again, those, all these things, it's based upon performance, and, and they know it. You know? Just because you're starting there doesn't mean that's where you're going to finish. And um, We're going to plan on closing with Jonas Galero. And, um, again, mix and match throughout the ball game and, and, and keep these guys sharp and keep them fresh. How hard was it to come up with some of those decisions? I mean, even some
0: guys that won't be in your weekend rotation this year could end up being first-round picks down the road. Just when you had
1: to look at all those guys and, and your pitching staff is this deep, is it really a luxury that it made it that hard in you guys? Yeah, it, it really is. And, um, you know, it's it really making our hitters better as well, going against those guys. Now that the tide's kind of turned a little bit, you know, it's good for those pitchers as well. You know, competition makes us all better. And uh, so we're pleased with where we're at.
0: What was it about Ross's preseason that, that landed him as
1: a Sunday guy? to he, he was just flat out unhittable. And, um, you know, he's getting to where he's holding runners and feeling his position and doing all the intangibles that, um, you know, we've been looking for out of him. And, uh, you know, he's really matured a lot. With, you mentioned Jonah as the closer, but
0: do you think for the full season that that's going to be one guy or do you think it will be a mix of guys going
1: forward? It will all depend, mm-hmm. you know, on how things go, how fresh he is. You know, does he need a some time off uh, but that change up is real and it's totally changed him and uh, his ability to to pitch and to really work over hitters and um, you know the experience and you know been through the the rigors and no environment's going to scare him he's fields his position amazingly holds runners great and um, you know there's there's a ton of guys that can do it but we feel like that's our best option
0: you mentioned on saturday that both tyler with the shoulder and jordan with the hip flexor are dealing with some things and it will be game time decisions on Friday. Just, just how are those guys coming along so far? They're
1: coming along, but they're, they're not going to play, um, this weekend. Uh, we've got a, Jordan had a little setback, Tyler had a little setback and we just, you know, we've got to get it at that out. Of, they're not going to play this weekend. Make sure they're, you know, really hundred percent when they come back and, and Tyler's, we're not exactly sure when that's going to be, but, um, I'm feeling good that you know, ten, twelve days from now, that, that Jordan will be 100 percent and won't have a chance to re-aggravate it.
0: With those guys out, just who are what are some names and some guys that will need to step up early in the season on the infield? Yeah,
1: you, you got um, you know, Rank is a guy that um, can play second, third, short uh, outfield. He's a he's a really good ball player. Uh, he'll be playing short opening day and um, probably going to put. I haven't totally decided because again, these guys can mm-hmm. float around. Uh, but it's probably going to be B Rob at second. Um, you know, we're gonna—I say that, but actually, no, it wouldn't. with Carry on out, we're going to go B Rob at third, Greeny at second, and uh, that's the way we're going to have to be. And then, as guys come back, we'll figure it out later. Is it almost a good thing to try to get? I know you don't want these guys
0: to be injured, but to get some of these these young guys, some extra at bats early in that season do you think it will be a good opportunity for them oh
1: yeah the more times you're throwing in that fire the better off you're going to be and um, you know we've got so many different options you know K Bush is playing better and he's obviously he's a hitter and um, you know some driving balls the other way he's going to get time Connor Moore is going to be in the mix Mays White's you know I think like four for his last five or something like that and playing well and um, so they're all going to get used and um, you know we just don't know you know, what the future holds with injuries and COVID and everything else. So, um, we got to put them in different spots. I think without, without field,
0: I think, you know, Logan was your guys, one set piece in center field. Just, just what do you expect to do at those two corner outfield spots? We're
1: probably going to platoon, um, at the, and see how it shakes out. You know, Logan's we'll play every day. Um, we're probably going to platoon and write with, um, Reese and Jaime. And then in, left, we'll platoon with um, Tibbs and Shaver. So um, that's kind of the plan, you know, behind the plate, we're going to use them both. Um, you know, we just got to, you know, do everything we can for them to understand and, and accept their roles.
0: You know, with both Colton and, and Brock, you know, do you, do you have a starter there? Is it more of a, I guess, pl- not so much a platoon or just helping each other out on a day-to-day basis? And Throwing both their, those guys in there every weekend.
1: Yeah, one that I left out in the outfield real quick, mm-hmm. Brett was his um, IP. Isaiah Perry's played really well. Um, we're I, he's going to probably platoon, you know, with Reese with Jaime DH and mm-hmm. starting out. Um, I do want Jaime. He's got that cannon for an arm. He's a good runner. We want to teach him to play outfield, but I don't think he's ready for that right now. And we need a few more weeks of of that, and then we'll figure things out based upon performance. But um, you know, the catching situation is it's just – it's a blessing to be able to say, all right, this guy doesn't need to be in there. His arm's still sore or, you know, he took a horrible foul tip or whatever and, and you know, we can interchange them. And, um, you know, another one can DH as well if they're swinging the bat well. So they'll be tired behind that plate. In general, just how much deeper do you guys feel as a position player group this season? Literally twice as deep. I mean, we were, we were so um, – you know, worried about everything last year that, um, and now it's like, yeah, you still worry about it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, it's a lot easier to sleep knowing you got depth and, um, and we can mix and match and do different things and give people different looks and it'll be nice. Last year, just
0: on what you guys had, like, like you mentioned, you were mostly kind of a home run or nothing offense. Do you just, do you feel like with this group, it's going to give you a chance to put pressure on teams the way you want to on the base pass? on the ground and everything you guys do yeah it is it's we've got to be
1: multi-dimensional you know um we didn't we couldn't do it last year you know we didn't have the clientele to to do that sort of thing so now you're looking at six seven possibly eight guys you know in the lineup that can really run um so that's that makes for okay let's do it you know let's put some pressure on people and lay down drag bunts let's hit and run, you know, straight steal, and um, be able to go first to third and second to home and all the things that you can't miss opportunities to score. Every day at practice, you guys emphasis the buy-in of the, of the
0: approach at the plate. Just how much of that buy-in do you think is there now heading into the opening weekend? This
1: is as comfortable as I've been since, um, you know, 07, 08, 09, all those guys, you know, really bought into being complete hitters and uh, not falling in love with the almighty home run. You know, and we gotta continue to stress it. And then when they have that success, or even if they don't have success, you know, they still gotta understand this is the way. The ones you're watching on TV, yeah, they're hitting home runs, and they're but look at where it's going. It's going to center, and it's going to the opposite field. And um, you know, we just we gotta keep pounding into into them with the athleticism. Just how much more flexible and how
0: much better does it make you guys in the field and just how much more comfortable are you there this year? Yeah, you get
1: to more balls, more balls you get to, obviously the better off you are. And, um, you know, we're getting comfortable with our shifts and and where guys have got to be. Um, you know, when you get throw the ball in a certain spot, you know where it's going to be hit by good hitters. So, um, and we've got a lot, another year of data. So we're more comfortable in putting guys in a shift. So, um, when you do that, you're really, shrink in the field there's not a whole lot of spots for that ball to go to you know reach base and if you don't walk people now you're really on to something so that's the plan you've already mentioned
0: a few freshmen just how impressed have you been with this class you guys have brought in and how much does it fit kind of the mold of players that you want to bring here yeah
1: they're, they're all really really good competitive guys that uh, you know have the balance in their life to where you're you're content with what you, you feel like you know what you're going to get every time out they're not going to fall in love with themselves if the things go well, and they're not going to go, you know, in the dumps if things don't go well. But, um, you know, it's as good a class as, as I find it hard to believe that there's a better one, um, and we're going to use the heck out of them. How much has, like, I think you guys have six
0: redshirt seniors. How has that core of veterans really helped those freshmen come in and be able to make an impact on day one? Yeah,
1: it's just, the, you know, when you feel isolated, you don't feel a part of something – that's something that, you know, Reese and Parker and the older guys, you know, there's a lot of them that, um, you know, have been around the block and they know what, what it's like and they want to win, you know, and this is their, they feel like their last shot at it. And, and when you put that, that's a pretty powerful. Hey, man, this is the way it's going to be because I want to go out on top. And, um, you know, that's the goal. Obviously with Alex, he's not so much a Florida State veteran but an ACC
0: veteran. Just how impressed have you been with how complete of a player he is in his overall game and also the leadership he's brought to you guys, um, throughout, you know, since he's been here.
1: Yeah. You, you always look at, you know, rivalries and you always look at him as the villain, you know, you don't ever get to know him and, uh, he's been an absolute pleasure along with all of them. And, um, you know, just the fact that, um, you know, he's such a baseball guy through and through and, um, you know he's just he's not afraid to, to open his mouth he's not afraid you know even being his first year and coming from a rival school he's, he's like i want to win this is what i, I want to do and um you know he's been really really good for us and we expect him you know to continue that since the last time we spoke on the podcast um you know
0: michael alford was named the athletic director um just what's your relationship like with him and, and having an ad with a baseball background um, just how much of a luxury is that, and how much does that excite you?
1: Yeah, it's great. You know, there's a lot of things that have gotten done in a short amount of time since he's been RAD, and uh, he comes around. Um, he is a baseball guy. Uh, we love to sit and talk baseball. Um, you know, the guys seeing him around, and, um, you know, there's just a – there's not many people that can say that, you know, that baseball is, is looked at the way, you know, it's looked at here, and uh, that is absolutely, you know, a blessing.
0: How important is it to get some updates at Hauser and the facilities, especially when it comes to player development, especially with, you know, all the new uh, technological things and everything that's come into the training part of baseball?
1: Yeah, it, it's done on 180. I mean, it used to be <clears throat> back in the day, you know, Michael Offord and I were discussing that the other day, how it was taboo when we were playing, you, you know, you just want to be lean and loose and you're going to get hurt. And, you know, well, now we realize that's incorrect and, um, you know, we we can hang in. We we understand that football's got to get taken care of. Um, but we can, you know, have the cleanest place. We can have uh, the nostalgic ballpark, and, and, and kids will, you know, still come to Florida State. But, um, you know, he's a, uh, a planner, and he's already discussing, you know, what we need to do to transition into a new place. Like you said, you guys have – there's been some small
0: updates so far, and, you know, part of that is the padding in the outfield just – how long has it taken it taken it to get used to going from that green to the garnet? How how do you like how it looks? I love the way it looks.
1: Uh, I never understood why it was green. <laughs> um, apparently, that it lasts longer, doesn't fade as um, as fast. But you know, green obviously not being one of our colors, I just think it looks more like you know our home field. You know exactly where you're at, and um, so it uh, the fan day was awesome. Everybody loved it, so that was great. The pro players are liking their little. Locker room area that we made for them. We took the old video room because we don't do that anymore. They all have it on their phones, and um, you know you can project it onto a big screen. There's no reason for that, so we turned that into a pro players locker room. And um, you know there's some other things they're doing back up underneath with the dugout suites to make those nicer, and um, you know hopefully turn those into places where people want to be. Last season with COVID, you guys had that you know ACC loaded schedule.
0: Um, And it obviously affected a lot of the ACC when it came around to tournament play. So just how much are you looking forward to getting back to a normal schedule and how excited are you for the schedule that you guys built?
1: Yeah, I'm excited for the fans. You know, the 36 home games is obviously a plus, but you look at who's coming in, you know, it's really going to be a good home schedule. And, um, you know, getting back to playing 56 games instead of 50 and, you know, the 13 weekends, that was the dumbest thing in the world. And it it really, really hurt us at the end with everybody and, um, you know, it's the way it should be. And uh, I think we've learned our lesson.
0: Part of getting back to some normalcy this year is going to be having full stadium again. And just how excited are you for that? And and like you talked about those big weekend series that are going to be here.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, so many of these kids don't that are with us don't know what a true Hauser feels like and sounds like. And uh, I'm really looking forward to getting people out and showing, you know, playing good baseball and keep them coming back.
0: And I mean, we've had a few guys on the podcast talking, and I think everyone that's been on here has mentioned the chemistry that this team has and how they love being around each other. Just how much have you seen that from them every day? And how much do you enjoy being around these guys? Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a real treat to be able to coach them. You know, my staff and I were talking in our, our meeting and, you know, we bring it up all the time. It's a really fun team. They love each other. They love to be around each other. Um, they, they push each other. They motivate, they hold each other accountable um, it's the epitome of a team. And, um, you know, I think that'll really show when, once we get started and, and you know, there's tough times that you're going to always have every season, you know, be able to push through it. And um, we're really looking forward to it. Between that chemistry and the pitching staff you guys
0: have and more of the offense you want to have, just how, how how equipped do you feel this team is to make a deep run this year?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, that it's all there, you know, you've got to be able to perform under pressure and uh, that's hard to simulate. You know, until you really do it. So that's the point of having, you know, bigger crowds and which, because they're going to, the opponent's better and, um, you know, playing a tough schedule to get them used to that. And um, that was the goal all along. And, um, you know, I think they'll be up for the challenge.
0: Thank you to Mike Martin Jr. for joining us on Sunday golds I think that's the third or fourth time we've had meet on now. And um, always gives us a good interview and, you know, always gives us, you know, answers. And, especially this time, we really got a lot of, you know, what we wanted. And he was very open about these roles and the decisions they've made on this team. Um, you know, before going into those decisions, just give some of my thoughts on other things that he talked about. Um, you know, all these guys on this team have mentioned that we've had on this podcast, they've mentioned, you know, that team chemistry and, and me talked about it too, and how real it is. And I think, you know, you know, I've been out there a lot this preseason in the fall. And, this team has gelled well together, and you know a lot of it is because of the veterans. Um, Alex Terrell has been a, a big big boost to that, and you know I think culture is always you know pretty good around here, but this year especially, and I think that's something that's going to help them a lot, like Meat said, it gives them accountability. Um, nobody's afraid to speak up, nobody's afraid to you know tell the team when they need a need a little kick start and get things going. Um, just energy around the team, I think in general, I just they're ready to go. Um, you know, they've been facing each other for a long time, and I think, you know, it can get a little frustrating when you're facing this pitching staff every day and, you know, when you're just pitching to a track man every day and not having umpires out there. And I think they're just ready to let those competitive juices start flowing and really get after it against teams wearing something other than the garnet and gold. Um, and I just think, you know, this team is really bought in to, to meet's approach, and, you know, I thought that coming out Of the last preseason scrimmage, and I thought they hit really well, and they're hitting the way that Meat wants them to hit, and letting the fastball get deep. And you know, I just think I also just think there's such a big buy-in from Meat to limit those strikeouts from last year. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of strikeouts last year, and a lot of people were on Meat's case, but you know, that's not the kind of offense he wants. That was just what it had to be for them to win. They had to swing and they had to swing for the fences all the time because that was really the only reason they could win. but you know now they they they're going they're not gonna be a strikeout team. They don't want to be a strikeout team. They want to do everything in their possible in their power to to be the opposite. And a lot of that has come from depth and athleticism that they've added. And there's just so much more this year, like Meat said, uh, really completely two times. I mean, there's a real depth start this year, and you know they need it because they got some injuries right now. And you know because of that depth, you know they should be fine in these first couple opening weeks here. And And get through it and just battle through and can see some of these freshmen early on and see what they have to offer and i just think this freshman class has been even better than they expected or i expected Um, there's lots of kids that i think will be impact players at at florida state in their time here um so let's start getting into these roles and these decisions he's talked about and you know first i'm going to break out break down pitching staff then we'll go into the infield outfield catcher um and then we'll go into that schedule and acc preview as i said earlier um so Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard are gonna stay in their normal ro- roles Friday, Saturday. Um both those guys had good preseasons working on their sliders. Um I thought Bryce's looked really good the other day on Saturday during um Garnet and Gold Day. Um I just think you know that pitch is gonna make him um he's just when he has all four of those pitches going, he's gonna be a, a strikeout machine just like he was last year. <coughs> Parker's Parker you know what you're going to get from him, preseason pitcher of the year of a perfect game, um, ACC pitcher of the year last year, uh, just a bulldog. And I don't think they were ever going to take him out of that Friday spot because of that mentality he brings to the team and, and the tone he sets. And nobody's better at setting a tone than Parker is, and nobody's better at firing up a team than Parker is. Um, you know, teams don't want to see that guy on a Friday night, and it's just – it's a tough way to start your weekend facing Parker Messick, and you know it's going to be a tough weekends completely for for hitters facing this pitching staff because you know it's loaded I mean when you talk about what they had in the, in the decision to make the sunday Sunday um, decision, I mean they had there's five first rounders on this staff probably, or could be for five first rounders if these guys all reach their potentials and you know four of those guys alone are probably were in the discussion to be a sun, Sunday starter. Um, As Meat said, they end up going with Ross Dunn. Uh, That was not because other people weren't good um, in, in the preseason. It was because Ross Dunn was so much better than everyone else on this staff, not just the guys he was competing against, but he was better than Messick and Hubbard too. And Messick and Hubbard had those spots locked up already. So obviously Ross was pitching for something a little different, but I mean, he was just so dominant the entire preseason um, you know, three scrimmages. I don't know if he gave up three hits total in those three outings. Um, two innings and three innings and four innings, each, each one of those went. Um, and Ross just, I mean, he just out overpowered guys. This, the breaking ball was consistent, which what he had struggled with in the past. Um, you know, I just think Ross is going to give them a power arm on Sundays. And, I mean, when you have to go through Parker and Bryce, and then most teams are probably thinking, you know, man, maybe we'll get something different here. We'll be able to hit a little more on Sundays. but no you have another first round arm probably coming at you and it's it's 92 94 with the fastball it can run it up to 95 um slider in the mid slider eh, it's kind of a little bit of both it's got a little slider and a little curveball on it but it's uh, it's about 82 84 miles per hour change still working on it but he can get away with fastball slider when he doesn't have the changeup. um it's just he's got a workhorse build he's finally shown that he he can be that guy and i think you know he's gonna he's gonna show that in the season too. But I also think outside of Bryce and Parker, this pitching staff isn't completely done evolving. It's not. I mean, we saw last year opening weekend Carson was Saturday starter and ended up being midweek. Um, you know Jack Anderson started the season as as kind of a bridge guy and he ended up being a closer. Um, so we'll just see how all those things play each other play their way out. Um, but midweek it's gonna be Carson Montgomery as uh, Meat mentioned um, to start the season. Uh, I thought Carson was very good this pay's last preseason outing. Uh, I think threw 65% strikes. Fastball was really fresh, was reaching 95 in his fourth inning of work. Um, slide, he had all four pitches going, slider, cutter, fastball, changeup, all for strikes. Um, and he just threw with a purpose, I thought. Every pitch, there was a purpose to it. And, you know, that's what you want to see from, from Carson. Um, and, you know, when he's pitching like that, he's really hard to hit. And, you know, he's going to – I mean, if that's your midweek starter – um, you know, I know a lot of people want, wanted Carson to be the Sunday guy, but you know Carson. I don't think you know. I just think Ross just won it from everybody else. It was just it was kind of a no doubter in my mind who was going to be Sunday starter from seeing those outings and seeing how good Ross was. He just was that dominant, and he would have don- dominated anybody in the country, not just FSU's hitting um, you know lineup in, in the preseason. Um, but, you know, I expect Carson to, you know, just keep developing in that midweek spot. And who knows? Maybe he ends up being a Sunday guy or, or maybe he ends up being in the bullpen late in the year. And he shows you some, you know, dependability in, in, in his game. Um, and, you know, to start out that closer role, it's going to be Jonah Scalaro. Um, Jonah, um, it, just, it just gives you experience to start the season there. And, and you can kind of go from there. But, you know, Jonah's going to be the guy late in, uh, you know, late in, He's going to be the ninth inning guy early in the season. Um, you know when they're up a run or two, uh, just because is reliable every every fast of the game. He can feel it. He's going to throw strikes. He's going to he's going to attack hitters with multiple different pitches. Um, you know it's not a it's not a power arm, but Jonah's been very good in the preseason too. At one point, I thought he was very deep in the mix for the Sunday spot. But you know I think they they prioritize his experience in the bullpen over having that on on the weekend staff because. There's not many other guys that are experienced in this bullpen, and, and Jonah's really the leader down there, the guy that will be in the, in the bullpen, sitting down there with the arms, getting those guys ready to go when they need to come into pressure situations. Um, Jonah's going to be about 87, 89 with his fastball, good changeup, uh, you know, slider, curveball, got both of them. Uh, so he's going to be a tough look um, you know, for teams that have to come in after eight innings, and then you've got to deal with a guy that can throw four pitches for strikes at any time. Um, and then let's get into some other arms I definitely expect to see this season. Uh, Wyatt Crowell, Um I think you can see him. You're going to see him as a guy that if Florida State has a lead um, in the sixth inning, seventh inning, I think Crewele is going to be in the game when when he's ready to go. And especially when there's some lefty bats coming up, I mean, I think he'll be, you know, that most the most dominant arm that comes in, um, you know, in pressure situations before that ninth inning. Um, You know, he can run it up to 95, 96 miles per hour, wipe out slider, Um, really impossible to hit on lefties, but can get righties out too when he gets the fastball in under the hands. Um, I think Jackson, the and Jackson Bowmeister will both be guys that are also in the, in the late inning mix and seventh, eighth inning. Um, I think the and Bomeister are similar in ways that you could see them be thrown in a lot of different ways. They could come into a game early and eat up innings. Um, You know, both of them could start a midweek game. But both of them also could come in and, and throw the fastball up in the zone and, and get swings and misses late in the game. Um, Nazu really, with the vertical approach angle he has, you know, his fastball is about 90 but it plays up, and it gets lots of swing and misses. Um, when his splitter is going as well, it, it makes it really tough on hitters. Bo Meister, um was in that Sunday spot, just as Nazu was. Um, you know, <coughs> they were both battling for that, excuse me. Um, but Bowmeister just struggled a bit with the consistency of his off-speed. Uh, you know both the changeup and curveball looks good at times but both they wouldn't they never all never they never both clicked at the same time uh but i think jackson will be a guy that can come in and just overpower guys late in games and as a one inning guy i mean he can probably run it up there pretty high um in the mid 90s um i think you know there'll be a lot of guys that are are situational guys as well i mean righty versus righty you're probably looking thinking um david barrett who's a juco transfer will throw a lot of sliders um slider really spins up into the 2900s rpms uh fastball about 89 90 with some with some run on it Uh, i think dylan simmons will be a guy that can do a lot of different things for them i think he might be the bridge to start the season um can throw two innings can sit in the 90 93 range with a tight slider just like barrett i also think he'll be a guy that gets some righty versus righty um you know uh, just come in and get some righties out once in a while um, I think Andrew Armstrong might have the most appearances of this team because he's going to come in and get that one out against a lefty when you need it. Um, anywhere in a game, I mean, Army's got a wipeout slider. He's just such a awkward look for left-handed hitters. Um, ran his fastball into the low into up to ninety in his last outing. Um, so I just he's just I mean he's going to be the guy that you need one out to go get a, a big left-handed hitter out in a tight situation. Um, army's going to throw strikes and he's going to get, um, swing and misses from left-handed hitters. I think Kyle McMullen and and Connor Whitaker are two guys that you could see as sort of inning eaters. Um, I could see them being, uh, you know, a guy, a bridge to the bullpen when a guy has a short start, or I think, you know, those are two guys that when you get to the weeks with, with five games, those are two guys that could get that, that, that start on that fifth game of the, on that second midweek, which would be make it a five game week. Um, Davis Hare is currently out. Um, he I don't expect him to be here for the first week and maybe not a couple of weeks, but I expect him to be back by ACC play. Um, he is back to throwing now. Um, I think he'll be fine for for the length of the season. Just not going to have him opening weekend. And that's most of the pitching staff. Then covered all of it. Um, so overall, it's going to be yeah, it's special. It's it's real. There's live arms. There's all different kind of arms. You got people to cover every every different situation you need. Um, it might take a little bit of time to hammer out all those roles with those guys. I mean, you got young guys, guys that are going to be throwing their first pressure innings for the first time. So you just got to see how they react, and you go from there. Oh, I think missed one arm. Actually, Joseph Charles is going to be a guy that throws for Florida State. Um, you know, they're going to kind of ease him into the season, I think, and see. Um, how many strikes he's thrown for them had struggled with it when he first got here, but has gotten better every time out there. Power arm can reach up into the 96, 97 sometimes. Um, you know, two breaking balls that are, that are, that can, he can throw a curveball for strikes, he can do slider for swing and misses. So that's a guy that if he's throwing strikes, he's going to be out in the mound in some pressure situations as well. It's what they brought him here to do. All right. Well, let's see. Let's move on to the infield. Obviously, like Meat mentioned, um, some injuries to start the season. Uh, Tyler Martin is out for the opening weekend. As is Jordan Carrion. Um, Jordan, whenever he is back, will be Florida State's starting shortstop because um, he's got a special glove and he can do things at the plate that they want that they're looking for. He's athletic. He works at bats. Um, Jordan will be a very good, very good shortstop for them when he comes back. He'll be the the leader of that middle infield and up the middle of the of the entire defense. Um, and could be a top of the order bat, maybe a double leadoff. We'll see there um, how he's swinging the bat when he comes back. It's his injury's not a long term injury. He's just dealing with a nagging, a nagging hip flexor injury. Um, I would expect him back before ACC play at the worst. Um, don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to carry on into ACC play. Um, with Tyler, there's no timetable on his return. Um, had a setback with his shoulder, like Meat mentioned, was working his way back. Um, had been hitting BP and, and had started throwing a bit, uh, but you know he's been shut down from that for now. Um, so there's no timetable on Tyler's return for for now. Um, so we'll just have to monitor that situation as it goes on for the season. Obviously, that hurts. You know, Tyler's the table setter and kind of makes things go. And no one's better at working at bats than he is. But you know, just hope for him to get healthy at some point in the season, and you know, get him back at some point and, and you know, it's just it's a tough situation to start the year with, but. You know, luckily they have that depth that I mentioned to deal with it. First base is going to be Alex Terauch, um starting there, obviously. Um, you know, I think Alex is going to surprise people how much of a complete player he is, how much of a complete hitter he is. He can hit lefties, he can hit righties. Um, you know, he works his walks, he uses the whole field. He'll lay down a, bun- a bunt once in a while when the shifts on him. And he's going to hit his home runs. I mean, you saw it at Fan Day for those of you that were there. It might have been the hardest ball I've ever seen hit, but I mean, you got to think a 1-0 fastball, middle-middle, and just hit a line drive out over center field wall. I mean, that ball was tattooed. didn't even register on track, man, because it was hit so hard. Um, Second base to start the season is going to be Jackson Green. He was not here in the fall, but he came back um, as a depth piece and a defensive piece for them. Because um, they knew this situation, you know, a situation like this might arise and they wanted to be ready for anything. um So it's a good thing they brought back Greeny. You know, he's going to give you good defense. You know, he, I mean, Greeny didn't have a great average last year, but he works his walks, he works his, his at bats, he sees pitches. um So, you know, I, I think Greeny will be at the, the bottom of the order to start the year and playing second. um Freshman Trayton Rank is going to start at shortstop in carry place. Um, Trayton's just solid all around, um, does a little bit of everything plays a little bit of everywhere, played all nine positions in high school, played football, a kid that's been a leader in this class this entire time, ever since he was first committed, um, you know, Trayton's always wanted to play at Florida state, I think, and and make a difference at Florida state, especially since he's committed. And he's talked about that a little bit with me. Um, you know, I think Trayton is, he's very comfortable at shortstop. He's comfortable at all three of those positions, second, short and third. And Florida State's really comfortable with him at shortstop. He made a couple nice plays and and on Fan Day, and he also made a couple nice plays on, on Sunday when he was working solely at shortstop. Um, Brett Roberts is going to start at third base with with carry on out. Um, B Rob's going to hit. Uh, he's he's really going to hit. Uh, he just he's hitters hit, and B Rob's got special hands. He's the type of kid that can get to any fastball and that allows him to let the fastball get deep and and he can turn on some some off-speed pitches and send them out of the park um brett's a 300 he's a guy that will hit 300s in my opinion um and he's a guy that's going to steal bases they're going to use his legs on the on the base pass a lot um at third base you know i worry a little bit about his arm accuracy i think he has arm strength the thing i worry about is you know just he struggles from time to time with his mechanics of his arm is his Elbow can drop a little bit and the ball can rise on him. But, you know, he's athletic. He'll be able to make some plays over there that that some third basemen aren't and just range-wise. Um, but I think when on comes back, you're going to see B. Rob at second and Rank at third. Um, a couple other guys that will be in the mix, I think, early in the season with, with on out are, are freshmen Maze White and Connor Moore. Um, both those guys, I think, are ready defensively. Connor's worked mostly at third base. Um, and he's probably FSU's best defensive third baseman. Out outside of Logan Lacey, but you know Logan's gonna be the center fielder this year. Um Maze White is a very good middle infielder. Um, you know, I think he might get some looks at second base as well, maybe even opening weekend. He had a really good finish to the preseason. I think he had four hits in the last two days, maybe maybe six for the entire week with four scrimmages over over, over that last week of scrimmages. Um so both those guys are, are young kids they're excited about. Don't know if they'll play a whole ton when carry on is back, but they're going to have their opportunities early in the season to make an impact. So let's move on to outfield those roles and break down those guys. Um, You know, like me mentioned, there's going to be platoons used in the outfield and that's because that's part of wanting to limiting strikeouts. It's not because they don't, you know, trust those guys that they could be everyday impact players, but it's because they're trying to maximize their roster and minimize strikeouts. Um, the one guy that will be everyday player is Logan Lacey he'll be in center field every day um, same thing as last year I think he's the clue guy um, he keeps things together he keeps rallies going he starts rallies um, just a really fun baseball player to watch in my opinion I love watching Logan run around the base pass slide all over the place slide in the outfield make big throws from the outfield and hit you a home run or two uh, you know every couple weeks I mean Logan's a guy that can do everything, and you're really comfortable with him in center field. You're really comfortable with him as a leader um, in this lineup. In left field, it's going to be two young guys. Um, freshman James Tibbs will hit against left. Will hit against right-handed pitchers. AJ Shaver will hit against left-handed pitchers. Um, Tibbs had a really, really good end to the preseason. Went three for four, I think, the other day. Was a triple short of the cycle on Sunday. Um, had a home run. Another. Ball that was 105 miles per hour off the bat for a, for a single off the right field wall, and then went the other way for a double. Um, he's just got special bat talent, and and you know he's got that buggy whip in his swing a little bit. Um, you know he's just got so much raw power, and he's a kid that's going to get his home runs, especially at Hauser with that short porch. Um, Shaver's got that power speed combo. Just struggles some with swing and miss, but he he he's really hit left handed pitching this this uh, preseason, and they think he's going to mash left hand left handed uh, pitching. Um, you know, Shaver's also a guy that can cover a lot of ground in the outfield um, and has a good arm as well. I mean, he was a five runner, I believe, in high school. Um, so he's a guy that can do a lot of different things for them, and they're excited about what he brings to the table. They think if he can put it all together that he's got some star potential in him. In right field, is going to be, you know, Reese Albert's going to start against right-handed pitchers, and Isaiah Perry's going to start um, against left-handed pitchers really in the season. Um, you know, I really like the way Reese is swinging the bat recently. Um, you know, had a little bit of a rough start to, to preseason after he was out d- uh, due to COVID for a couple of days. Uh, but he's he's really gotten his swing back in the groove, and, and he's on, on time with fastballs, which is what you want to see. He ripped a 94-mile-per-hour fastball into, into the outfield for a single on fan day. That left his bat at 98 miles per hour to the pull side. That's what you want to see from Reese. That's how you know Reese is going. That's how you know Reese is right, because what he's struggled with in the last couple of years is just he just hasn't been able to get to the fastball, which is, you know, he's had to try to cheat to it and then pitchers can go off speed and he's in front of that. So if he's on time with the fastball, I think that's going to open up Reese to try to get back to his old self and, and put some balls over that right field wall. And Reese has plays really good defense as well in right field knows the stadium really well. Um, he's just really solid out there and, and you don't expect to ever see a mistake from out him, from him out there. Um, you know Reese is not going to play every day to start the year because they're trying to take away that left-handed slider, um, so he doesn't have to deal with that. That's the one thing that Reese has, has struggled with this this preseason, especially against this staff with so many lefty arms and and all this the the good stuff that they have. If you take that left-handed slider and, and pitches breaking away from Reese, um, give him a little more fastballs, get things breaking into him. I think it's a good plan. Um, and IP is a guy that can do that can create havoc. And IP is a guy that they want. To play, um, you know, you saw at Ole Miss, he can hit left handed pitchers. I mean, he had a home run off, off Doug Nakaze, um, to get Florida State, you know, kind of back into that game. Um, you know, nobody wants to talk about how that game ended, um, especially myself. But <clears throat> Isaiah is one of the faster guys in the country. Um, I mean, I think he runs 60 times in like 6 2 range. Um, he flies in the base pass, balls on the ground with him. There's havoc. Um, You put a even a ground ball, a bunt, anything he puts on the ground. There's a fifty probably. There's a good chance he might reach base because it's just how fast he is and how he makes defenders rush. Um, He covers a lot of ground in the outfield, Uh, so he'll be in the in in the mix for the lineup um, to start the season. Jaime Ferrer is going to be the everyday DH to start the season, um, as Meat mentioned, um, until he's ready to play right field, which then he'll platoon with Reese when he's not DHing um Jaime may have had the best preseason of any hitter not named Alex Torral um just spraying line drives all over the place felt like he had at least one hit every day and it felt like those hits were always near 100 miles per hour off the bat um yeah ever since he got to Florida State they knew he was he had a special bat um he's a kid I really think is, is as a freshman he's going to hit and hit a lot I think and in general there's just so much more depth in this outfield than there was last year I mean Last year when Robbie wasn't, was really struggling, they couldn't give him a single day off because they just didn't have that capability. Um, you know, Early in the season, they struggled with Elijah out, and you know, they couldn't give any, day, any of those guys days off. Center field, you really didn't even have a center fielder. After Reese got hurt, I mean, you had to put a pitcher out there. Um, so there's just so much more depth here last year. It's just another place you see that. And then going to the catching group as well, you see that as well um you know colton colton vincent and brock mathis the two guys two main guys back there um i believe both those guys are going to play um if i had to you know that was this was the one spot where meat didn't really name you know a bona fide starter but i think that colton vincent will get the start on day one just because he's the guy with you know the better defensive actions and he'll be you know, really, really solid for this pitching staff and helping them do the things they want to do. Um, I'd say Brock's a little bit of a better hitter, but you know, they're going for defense behind the plate and, and they'll have Brock, you know, DH once in a while, and they'll have Brock in the lineup to provide some oomph. Um, Brock is the guy that swing and miss, swings and misses a, a bit, but he does have power. I mean, he showed it on the last day of preseason. He had two home runs um, one to the pole side and also one to opposite field and Brock struggled for a lot of preseason but I think that was expected after he didn't play in fall um, you know he got much better as as as, as much better with the bat as pre- preseason went on especially the last weekend um, you know behind the plate they're still working with Brock on certain things they like to do at Florida State but he's an experienced guy he's caught at LSU he's caught at Oklahoma State so you know you can expect him to play up in those moments behind the plate and and, and I just think When you're going back to Colton, I just think he's such a, he's a grinder and he's a guy that, he's a guy that, you know, kids on this team look at him and, you know, it makes them want to work harder because he takes some some shots behind the plate and he just takes them, keeps playing and he's a guy that doesn't, you know, he gets that dirt ball from the pitch, doesn't let stuff get behind him, just really, a really, really tough player. you know, Jaime Ferrer came in as a catcher, but like I said, he's he's going to be mostly an outfield guy this year. But you might see him get behind the plate once in a while, as they're still they still want to develop him there as well. Baz Jimenez is the other catcher on this roster, but Baz um, likely won't be ready to catch this year because he's still working on his arm strength coming back um, from from the injury he had last year in the preseason. But I still expect Baz to be a guy that's in the rotation uh, to be in the lineup. Uh, you know, at DH especially, um, you know, you could also see Baz play first once in a while if they give Alex a day off because he's working there right now. Um, You know, going back to infield a little bit too, Cade Bush was also the freshman. Cade Bush was also a guy that, you know, he's another first baseman that had a really good finish to the preseason, so he might get some early at-bats too. So that's the breakdown of this team and, you know, just position by position and what to expect. Um, So just going back, I think, opening day, I believe James Madison will throw right handed pitchers. So, lineup will probably look, I would guess Colton Vincent at catcher. And then the rest, I would, um, you know, going off what Meant said, Alex Strout first, Jackson Green at second, Trait Rankin, shortstop, uh Brett Roberts at third base, James Tibbs in left, um, Logan Lacey in center, and Reese Albert in right should be what that opening day lineup looks like. Don't know exactly what the order would look like yet. Um, really had an idea with carry on in there. Um, but a little foggy about it without carry on and who's going to be that number one guy. I think, I think Brett Roberts could be a little leadoff hitter for them, but I think they also want Brett to have some RBI opportunities. Um, Lacey, maybe, maybe Trayton Rank. rank. Um, we'll see. Uh, there's just a lot of different options there, I think. And they're going to experiment with a lot of other, a lot of different things early in the season. I think with some of these injuries that they're having, it just gives them an opportunity to to just ease their way into the season. And, you know, it might not look super pretty early in the year, uh, but I think at some point it, it's going to benefit them that these young kids are, are going to get at bats this early. Um, so let's move on to the schedule and what, you know, we're going to see this year at Hauser and what we're going to see, you know, on the road, where we where, where they're heading and everything. Uh, I mean, this year we're back to the normal 56-game schedule and 30 ACC games. I mean, you heard me talk about, last year and just how messed up the ACC series were and everything. How the schedule just really just, you know, it messed up with a lot of teams postseason chances in the ACC. Um, so they're really excited to get back to this normal schedule. And and they were, they were really excited to put together the schedule that they did. And I think it's a schedule that really is going to benefit them. Um, you know, three, they have three five-game weeks. One couple, of, you know, I think back-to-back weeks in March are both five-game weeks. Um, and then April – 5th to 10th is also a five game week. Um, so three of those where you'll see a you know an extra midweek starter I think. Um, and then 21 games are versus um, D1 baseball preseason top 25 teams. Of those 21 games, 16 of them will be at Dick Hauser. Um, so Florida State's going to get their their hardest opponents at Hauser. And there's going to be good good crowds there. I mean especially you know you think about TCU late in I think April. I think that's the last week of April. Um, Last week, April into May, and it's actually graduation weekend. Um, Don't ask me exactly what I'm going to do for that during my graduation. But, um, yeah, that will be an exciting weekend in Tallahassee. TCU is expected to be pretty good this season as well. Um, And I think we can move into ACC part of this um, schedule preview. And ACC alone has six preseason top 25 teams. Um, FSU is number 11 of those teams Um, and FC will play all all of the other five teams that are in the top 25. Um, You know, those six are the second most of any conference behind the SEC, which is, you know, every year they're probably going to have the most because of who they are and how the rankings work. Um, But I just think the ACC is a really, I think it's a really good conference this season. I think there's there's five certain teams at the top that I really like and you know, everyone after that is kind of, I think, a little jumbled up, and and we'll see how it all plays out. But there's certain teams that I think definitely stand out from the pack just with what they're bringing back from last year and also, you know, some of these guys they've brought in. And, you know, Florida State was picked as the ACC preseason favorite um, by the other coaches in the league. I think they had um, eight of the 14 first-place votes, if I remember correctly. Um, so, I mean, teams see what FSU has on the roster. I mean, especially the pitching staff, you know, a lot of people don't know much about the lineup they're going to put out there. I mean, opening day, you could have only one starter from last year back in the lineup. Um, so there's definitely some, there's going to be, you know, new faces all around and, you know, in the lineup, but that pitching staff is that pitching staff. And it's, it was number one in the ACC last year and it's going to be number one in the ACC this year. Um, there's good pitching staffs in in the ACC, but it's just, you just can't compare other pitching staffs to Florida States. I mean, like I said, you've got five guys that could potentially be first rounder, maybe six. Um, you've got other guys that are still probably going to be maybe some top five, top 10 round picks. Um, so that, that's just that pitching staff. It just, that's definitely the reason that they are, um, the preseason favorite. Um, so let's get into some of these other ACC teams that I really like. I think NC State, Duke and Notre Dame and Georgia Tech are the four teams for me that I look at and I worry that they could be really dominant teams and there'd be teams that are going to compete, um, for the ACC title. Um, NC State obviously last year went to a college world series and had their season end in a really sad way. Um, you know, due to COVID-19 in Omaha, um, you know, they're not bringing back a ton this year, but they are bringing back some key guys. Um they bring back their best pitcher, Sam Highfield, three six six ERA and th- ninety three innings last year. They also bring back Chris Villeman, who was their, you know, top reliever last year. Oh not the top reliever. Um they're you know, their fourth guy that goes long innings. Um their top reliever is gone, the, the closer from last year. But Villeman last year, four three five ERA and 60 innings pitch. Um their best two bats they brought back, Devontae Brown, who hit 252 with 13 homers, and JT Jarrett, who's the son of Link Jarrett, um, is back as well. Um, so obviously they lost a lot in the lineup. That lineup last year was absolutely ridiculous. That top of the order was insanity. I mean, that, that lineup hit everybody. Um, but they're bringing in a lot of guys, a lot of transfers. Penn infield transfer, Josh Hood hit 331 with eight homers in 2019. Um, brought in a couple Charlotte transfers. Lou James Groover hit 351 last year, fit 49 slug, and, and Dominic uh, Pololi hit 274 with 495 slug. So those are guys that are definitely going to be in the lineup, I think, for them. Those transfers from Charlotte. Charlotte was a very good team last year, was a tournament team. Um, also bringing in a couple of freshmen that they really like. I think freshman Tommy White from Calvary Christian in Florida. Oh, actually, I think he ended up graduating from IMG, but. Um, he'll be a guy that I think will play for them as a freshman, um, and then you know Duke. You know you didn't hear from you didn't hear much from Duke last year until the end of the year, and they really came on. I mean, won the ACC tournament, ended up going to the Knoxville Regional as the two seed. Um, they bring they bring back a good bit this year, and I'm actually surprised that more people aren't giving a look at Duke. I mean, they're number 23 in D1 baseball, but they're not ranked in any of the other systems. They bring back a lot. I mean, they bring back RJ Shrek who hit 337 last year with 18 homers. I thought he should have, you know, been a guy that was more mentioned as, you know, one of those national player of the year, all American guys. He was really good last year, um, and obviously did damage against Florida State. I think in that ACC, you know, game that we played against them, that was not very much fun. Um, uh, they also bring back right-handed pitcher Marcus Johnson, who was I believe there was their closer last year, will be a starter for them this year at a three o five A and fifty six innings pitch. Also bring back starter Luke Fox, who had 56 innings pitched and 3.05 ERA. Chris Crabtree is another hitter for them that had 13 homers last year. Jimmy Loper was a bullpen guy for them that had three ERA. Um, So they're they're just bringing a lot of guys back. And I I like that team. And, you know, they're always well coached. And they always give Florida State trouble, I think. And, you know, last time we played them in in a series, you know, went up there. And, you know, that was the only ACC series we played in 2020, lost up there. Um, they also bring in a couple newcomers. Alex Mooney is the top freshman in the country. He'll likely be their, their starting shortstop. Um, so I think they're really excited about what what they could have in, in Durham this year. Um, Notre Dame, obviously, last year was the best team in the ACC. Um, I think they won, ended up winning a regular season title by four games. But, you know, Florida State did go up there and win a series and, and showed people at that time that, you know, this team still was there to play and they still could beat anybody with the pitching staff they have. Um, you know um, Notre Dame is ranked pretty highly by a couple systems, only number 13 by D1 Baseball though. But I mean they bring back a ton of guys. They lost they lost Cavadas, uh, the first baseman, that was huge for them, and also you know one of their top relievers and Tanner Colehup. But I mean they bring back their Friday starter, their their Saturday starter, one of their top relievers, um, a few really good hitters. I mean Ryan Cole hit 336 last year, Carter Putts hit 305 last year. Jack Brannigan and Spencer Myers both hit 295 last year. All those guys are back. Um, Aiden Tyrell, who threw six innings at a 270 ERA, John Michael Bertrand at a 321 ERA in 92 innings. Both those guys are back. Um, you saw how well they were coached last year. How how good of a team they were. How clean they played. Um, you know, luckily we don't have to go to Notre Dame this year. Notre Dame comes to Florida State April 1st to 3rd. I think that will be a really really fun series. Link Jarrett uh, back in Tallahassee. I think there'll be two really good teams. Um, I expect I expect Notre Dame to be right back at the top of the ACC this year, somewhere in that mix. Um, they didn't really bring in a ton, of, a, a huge class of newcomers, but um, one guy was a Seton Hall transfer pitcher that had a two eight one ERA and in fifty seven innings. Um, and I think most of the FSU's road series are are teams that you know that they can handle. And toughest team on the road, the only ranked team they'll play on the road is, is Georgia Tech. Um, you know, they also traveled to Wake Forest, Clemson, Boston College, and North Carolina. Um, but they traveled to Georgia Tech April 8th to 10th. Uh, Georgia Tech's a team that brings back a lot in the lineup, um, and their lineup was very good last year, you know, as we saw at Georgia Tech. Um, Trey Gonzalez, the outfielder, was hit two seventy nine last year. Kevin Parada is a guy that's been taught as a first-round catcher. It hit three eighteen last year, the five fifty slug. Um, Andrew Jenkins was a guy that hit, I think he had two or three home runs in a weekend against Florida State last year. And, he had hit 302 on the season and drew compton hit 13 home runs last year all those guys are back um you know pitching staff they've got a lot of arms there a lot of guys that throw really hard they don't have any many proven guys um you know zach maxwell's probably their top arm returning and he, he only he threw 32 innings last year and 309 era was bull, is a bullpen guy um you know they also have marquise chrism jr who was really high highly talented freshman but didn't see many innings last year after an early season injury um, you know, top newcomer for them is probably Chandler Simpson from UAB, uh, the transfer that hit 288 last year with 24 stolen bases. Um, you know, last year their season ended in Nashville, and they were 21-15 and 15 in the ACC. And, you know, I just think that that Georgia Tech team can really hit, and that ballpark really fits them well. And, you know, James Ramsey's doing a good job there as, as recruiting coordinator and a hitting coach. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited to go back to Atlanta this year. I know me and Aria made that trip last year sure we'll make that trip again this year and you know a great backdrop there and just really good place to watch baseball if you're ever in the Atlanta area um I think that's it for the schedule preview like I mentioned ACC preseason favorites are the Knolls. um those other four teams the other teams I really think um will contend at the top with them um but I think we can move into previewing the series this upcoming weekend um Man, we got baseball this weekend in Tallahassee. We got real games. We got another team here. Um, you know, opening weekend um, has struggled ever since. meat has been head coach has yet to win a, a Friday game, an opening day game. Um, you know, hopefully this is the year. But I actually think James Madison is a very good team, and you know, Florida State's gonna have to be ready to play to to, to beat them. They're an experienced team. Um, I mean, looking back at James Madison's numbers from last year, they basically brought back um, their entire team. I mean, they brought back their entire pitching staff besides two arms they brought back four hitters that are that hit 300 plus last year and another one that hit 274 um and chase and, and they have a guy that might be the first overall pick in this upcoming draft and Chase DeLauder. um DeLauder was you know the best was named best prospect in in the Cape Cod League this summer he's a five tool outfielder uh, really special hitter hit 386 last year um, 508 uh, actually I think 723 slug 508 on base percentage um, he's a really special bat and he's a left-handed hitter and he's obviously you know going to be eyeing that right field fence at Hauser so you know this pitching staff is going to have to be ready to go this week and they're going to have to really pay attention to Chase Delauder. Um a couple other guys for them uh, Carson Bell hit 346 last year Kyle Novak hit 315 last year and Travis Refs, Refs Snyder? Reef Snyder I don't know exactly how to say that I know there was a Ref Snyder in the MLB recently but this is Reef Snyder I think um, hit three uh, three fourteen last year with with three homers um, so they got some guys that can hit and they've got some experience they had a weird year last year they only played I think twenty eight games because they had a lot of COVID issues never really gotten a rhythm they were eleven and seventeen and six and nine in the Colonial Conference but I think they're expected to be a team that could sneakily compete for that conference this year. And I think this is a good way to start the season. It's, you know, it's not a TCU non-conference team, but it's not, you know, it's not Niagara again. And, you know, teams that, it's a team that I think will come in and challenge Florida state and and give them, you know, you know, obviously Delauder is going to give them a lot to look at at the plate and they got a couple arms here as well. Um, Justin Showalter, I expect to start on Friday right-handed pitcher that, you know, works in the low 90s with the, I think, I believe he throws a sinker or a fastball with some run to it and also has a slider. Um, last year, he had a 4-3-7 ERA, 4-3-7 ERA and made six starts. Um, a couple other guys that made a lot of starts for them last year were Liam McDonald. He made seven starts, 7-1-2 ERA, um, I believe. And a couple other guys, I think Nick Stewart was a guy that made six starts but had a 12-9-1 ERA. Um, so they, they really struggled with pitching staff last year. I mean, 638 ERA as a team, but they hit 288 as a team. So this team can hit, um, they really struggled in the field, 954 fielding percentage last year. Um, but you know, they've got, they've got, they've got talent and they've got guys that are going to, you know, compete against Florida state. And I mean, Delauder might be the best player on the field all weekend. So, um, you know, get those game times real will think, I believe it's six o'clock. Yep. Six o'clock on Friday. Two o'clock on Saturday and one o'clock on Sunday. All those games are on ACC Network Extra. Um, uh, you guys will recognize the voice that's calling that game. You will hear Arya this week as he's calling those first two games on play-by-play. Um, I think you can also hear him tonight, Wednesday night. I think he's calling softball tonight. So if you're missing Arya's voice listening to this and you're tired of my voice, probably um, you can go catch him and you'll catch him all weekend long. And Aria will be back next week on Sunday Golds. Um, he's just a bit tied up this week, as I said earlier. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess get into some season outlook here. I know some people are probably going to want, you know, like predictions for the season. I mean, it's tough for baseball though, but I just really like this team. I think this team is much more complete than last year. I think the lineup is much deeper. I think athleticism is there and they're going to be able to do things that they want to do. They're going to be able to put pressure on defenses, I think, and, They've got speed. They've got more speed. And obviously, you know, when you look at the pitching staff, it's just you're going to be in every game. And if you can put pressure on other teams and make them make mistakes, um, you're going to win a lot of games. And um, I think this team will win a lot of games. I think, you know, hopefully we get some more sweeps this year rather than just all those two-to-one um, series wins. I think that would be big. And just taking care of business in non-conference. If they can do that, take care of business in a non-conference and, be one of those top teams in the ACC I think this team has a chance to be a regional host Um, you know this pitching staff it's Omaha it's it's Omaha level it's it's top five in the country maybe top three maybe top one Um, you know we'll see how Ross Dunn handles Sunday to start the year but Ross has got really really good potential I mean all these guys have really good potential but um, you know Ross can be unhittable at times and you know he he might put the foot on some people's throats on Sundays Um, so you know I just I'm excited. I want want to get this thing started. I mean, I've been to probably 30 scrimmages since the fall. Um, you know, I think this team really likes each other. They really like competing with each other. Um, I think the coaching staff really likes this team, and and they really like what this team can be and and how they've equipped it, and how they've put the roster together. Um, if you had to tell if you had to tell me to pick a MVP of this team, um, I'd probably go Alex Terrell. I just think he's going to do a lot of things for Florida State. He's going to hit homers, he's going to work his walks, um, he's going to save some runs for them at, at first base, around the base, um, you know, he's the one guy on this team that, you know, you're not going to be stealing bases with and having him run a ton, but he's going to give you that oomph that Matt Nelson gave you last year, and, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Nellie was, um, but, you know, with that right field porch, you know, I think Alex is going to get back to his power numbers, and he's going to do what he did a couple years ago, and and show people that, you know, he's not just a, a just a pole hitter that, that hits homers. Uh, you know, I think he's going to hit for some average, you know, get his on-base percentage up and and also slug some homers out of there. Um, but, you know, we're almost there. Two days more, we'll be all be back at Dick Houser Stadium. Um, thank you guys for listening to this. Um, you know, thank you to meet again once again for coming on to the podcast and, and being open with us and giving us the answers we were looking for. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll be back out there, be back next week. We'll do a, you know, a, a weekend recap and, you know, a preview of the upcoming week, like we did a lot last year. And, you know, we'll keep this thing rolling. Um, we'll be out here every week, both of us, hopefully. Um, you know, I am a little tired now after doing all this, but, um, I enjoy it. Um, I've enjoyed being around this team, um, all fall and all preseason. And I'm just looking forward to finally watching some games. Um, so, That's it for Sunday Gold's season preview. If you can, make sure to subscribe to us on our podcast. Leave us a a review. We're also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anything you can find. um, You can find us there. So this is Sunday Gold's, a Florida State baseball podcast, previewing the 2021 FSU baseball season.